You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Let's hear the real estate man read the news. That seems to be a consistent thread. Real estate man, read the news. That's what we're doing. What are we talking about? We're talking about a federal judge tosses the national eviction moratorium. Gone. Out the window. That broke glass, but it broke glass going out. I'm okay with that. Toss that national eviction moratorium. Bunch of you guys sent this to me. That's what we're doing. Before we jump on in, my name is Sean Reynolds. If you're new here, I own a couple of real estate companies and I do read the news. Hopefully it's news you want to hear. All right, let's go. So a handful of you guys sent this to me and I looked at this and I'm like, yeah, I, we've got to cover this. This is, this is important stuff. A federal judge on Wednesday invalidated, invalidated, not valid, a national eviction moratorium after finding that COVID-19 pandemic policy exceeded the authority of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Yeah, when did the CDC kind of just start dictating all of this ridiculousness? I, I don't know. They're, they're just like guidelines. And then all of a sudden, oh, the CDC, oh, we, we got to follow it. Why? U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia Judge Dabney Friedrich threw out the measure, way to go, Dabney, which was enacted by Congress in March 2020 as part of the CARES Act and later extended by President Biden until June 30th, 2021. Lawmakers cited the Public Health Service Act of 1944. Ah. That's a head scratcher, isn't it? Which grants the federal government the authority to impose quarantines and other measures to handle health emergencies as justification for the provision. I haven't been on board with this whole thing from the get-go. I'm like, what? We're doing what? Why? Because of the CDC? Something from 1944? Nothing against 1944. But it's just like, this just doesn't seem all that making sense-ish. You know what I mean? The question for the court is a narrow one. Does the Public Health Service Act grant the CDC the legal authority to impose a nationwide eviction moratorium, Friedrich wrote in a 20-page decision? It does not, is the quotes. And when I kind of read that, I'm like, all right, let's give this a rip. Let's, let's see what's going on here. The measure that initially passed Congress last spring was a 120-day moratorium on evictions from rental properties participating in federal assistance programs or underwritten by federal loans. Trump extended the moratorium in an executive order in August, saying that evictions threatened to spread the virus by forcing families to stay in shelters or to double up in overcrowded housing situations. The Alabama Association of Realtors and a group of real estate agents in Georgia filed a lawsuit in November claiming that the moratorium and similar policies passed by states moved the burden for rent payments from the tenants to the landlords and that landlords across the nation stand to lose billions collectively if the ban is extended into 2021. Well, I think that's going to happen and I think the landlords are just going to have to suck it up. Landlords have way more on the line here. They've got equity in their properties. They want to keep their properties together. They're just putting up with this until they can evict these folks. And then you are, when you rip off this bandaid of moratoriums, you are going to have, you're going to have some people hitting the streets. No doubt about it. Some of those people, they would have been hitting the streets anyway, though, right? I mean, this is just the reality of the numbers. I think this moratorium being extended out this long, 
I understand the initial concept, but you're basically saying yes to one group and no to the other group without any real explanation or equity here. Where's the equity here for the landlords? If you're new here, again, I'm a real estate guy. So I tend to see things from people who own real estate and real estate in general. And this is going to be a massive issue. When these moratoriums start coming off, and we're hearing stories of moratoriums starting to come off. When these moratoriums start to come off, hmm, it's gonna be a lot of people in court or not in court or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just it's a huge issue. And it, I think it could have been avoided. I think a lot of this stuff. Hey, maybe don't shut down the economy. How about that? Maybe have people keep their jobs. How about that? That's not a very uh, that's not a very popular opinion, though. Oh, we all got to lock down and hunker down because we don't have any, you know, real data on this, but we think this is the best thing to do. This is what we're doing. It's, it's crazy. Oregon just kind of went backwards in their um, phases. They've closed down indoor dining. They've closed down gym, uh, the ability to have uh, capacity in gyms. They're, they're going backwards. Here in the state of Washington, I actually believe uh, our governor did a fair thing this past Tuesday, and he said, hey, based on the data right now, we should probably go from phase three backwards a phase, and you guys, you know, a bunch of capacity stuff would change, and it would be hard on restaurants and gyms, and um, instead, he's looking at the data going, it looks like we've maybe plateaued. I'm going to hold off for 10 days, and we're just going to, or two weeks, was it? Can't remember. Um, and we'll just see where the data goes from there. I thought that was actually reasonable. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But, you know, I talked to a few of my friends that are in positions where they own companies that will be impacted if they go from phase three to phase two. And um, they're like, you know what, given the circumstances, I, I think he did the right thing. Don't tell anybody I said that. <sighs> no. I, but honestly, I, I, I'm okay with what he did. Gives a little bit more time to kind of see where the real data is coming in. Maybe we won't have to go backwards. We're trying to get businesses ramped up. We're trying to get things going. And, you know, Oregon going backwards. It's just a tough call because Oregon's got some cases. They really do. Washington's got some cases too going on. But then, then again, we do have the vaccine in place. So, uh, you know, what's interesting is so many people that aren't getting the vaccine. That's interesting, isn't it? I'm one of them so far don't have the vaccine. But if we've, we've only had it available here in Washington for a little bit for everybody over 16. So I will probably get it. I'm just like, not in a big rush to, to do that. Let's get back to the article here, though. Uh, the landlords, real estate agents and residential apartment trade associations also argued that the program was an unfair interference in the free market. That's where I have been this entire time. This is a free market thing. You sign a contract, you pay your rent, if you don't, what are the consequences? You get evicted. All right, you lost your job. Well, you know, we're all going to have to work that out. What if the landlord loses his job? Where's his equity there? I don't see that. That's where I'm kind of like, what, what, what are we doing here? Biden extended the moratorium shortly after taking office. We're just kicking this moratorium out and out and out. God, I don't want this to happen on my watch. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to take responsibility for this. There's a lot of people that owe a lot of money. And guess what? The landlords, I think they're going to, they are going to get people out, but they're not going to get their money. They're not going to get their back rent. Just not happening. I don't think that's my opinion. 
and those are massive broad generalizations of this entire thing. If you've got tenants who couldn't pay then, they probably can't pay now. And even if they could pay then, they may have, you know, accrued rent that is such you're not paying. I just recently sold a refrigerator that I took from a tenant in one of my rental homes back in the day before the um, the Great Recession. He owed me, I think, nine grand in rent. And uh, that's when, you know, market was terrible. Property values were tanking. It's not that I couldn't get him out. It's just that circumstances were such that he ran up a pretty good sized bill before he did go. And uh, you're not going to get that money back. You can have the guy sign some kind of, you know, promise to pay some kind of note, but then you got to enforce it. And the guy still doesn't have money, you're going to spend money on legal fees. I think that's the situation the landlords are in. They're going to have some big bills that they're just going to have to eat, but at least they're going to be able to get these tenants out and get 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 these properties into um, onto new tenants that are that are going to pay. The other thing is that's super interesting is that I'm hearing a lot of stories and I've read a lot of stories about the landlords. They're going okay if I can't control my property, don't want it, and we're at peak values right now. Sell, sell, sell. That's what they're doing. So there is a little bit more inventory coming on of landlords selling. I can't really blame them. I mean. What's this going to do for rents? You got it, skyrocketing. Yet groups advocating on behalf of renters have argued that the moratorium has prevented thousands of evictions of low-income tenants during a health emergency. Okay, but you're just covering one side of the equation. And on a lot of these landlords, if you've got a non-owner-occupied loan, if you have set this, this property up as a legit rental, you've got a non-owner occupied loan, you're not probably going to get mortgage forbearance on that. What I find super interesting is that you don't hear a lot of uh, property owners, you don't hear a lot of people who are on the landlord side of thing, you don't hear them giving up their homes, you hear them hanging on to their homes, because they've got equity They've got value in their property. Their property is worth more than the mortgage. So they've got equity in there. They're going to fight, kick, and scream to hold on to those homes. Whereas the tenants, oh, if I, if I don't have to pay, I mean, I, I could pay, but if I don't have to pay, uh, I'm just not gonna, and we'll work that out on the other end. Oh, got a job transfer. Oh, gotta go. Uh, yeah, that large amount of money that I owe you, Mr. Landlord, just gonna have to work that out later. Now there are federal funds that's supposed to be coming through uh, to states and states are going to transfer that on to some landlord. That has been super slow going, right? Super slow going hasn't really been happening. The whole thing is just a cluster mess. This is a cluster. This is what happens when you start monkeying with the free market. I've never seen this happen in my adult life. And so as a 52 year old man who spent the last 30 something years in real estate, to have somebody say, Oh, these guys in your market, they're paying these guys over here, not so much. Because the landlords still got to pay their mortgage, they still got to pay their taxes. So even if they don't have a mortgage, okay, they don't have a mortgage. So now they are being rewarded for being super fiscally responsible, paying off that home, however they got it. They didn't get it for free, probably. Most landlords don't. They work for it. They've paid it off. They've still got to cover 
their taxes, their insurance, their maintenance, maybe homeowner's dues, if it's a condo or if it's a PUD, all that good stuff. That stuff doesn't go away, does it? It just doesn't. And yet you've got one class of people that are just like, ah, yeah, moratorium on evictions. Here's what we're doing. And I, I truly do understand, hey, we're trying to keep the low income folks from getting tossed to the streets. But now you've taken a whole cl- whole one side of the equation and just you've done some crazy stuff to the free market. And I think what will happen is it'll have it'll have an incredible upward pressure on rents as if rents aren't already going up because we've got basically an affordable housing crisis across the United States in a lot of markets. So you want to see the forces of the free market at work? They're going to happen. And people are going to be kicking back going, whoa, we didn't see this one coming. Huh? It's kind of like when you defund the police, and you have less police on the streets. And then crime surges for various reasons that we're not really altogether you know, collectively agreeing on why they're happening. It's kind of like calling that one. Well, I, I would have thought crime would have dropped. I, I would have thought, you know, the, the criminals, those doing the criming would just take a break and realize that it's a time to relax and collect your thoughts and reimagine and rethink criming. Man, I threw it all there in three, three words. Reimagine, rethink criming. That's a good one, right? Oh, before, before I go further here, Somebody sent me an email and it's very funny. So I'm going to read it. And it's, it's just like two lines. This just had to be sent. This was the subject line. I had to read that headline. So I think that you should have to as well. And we're just going off the rails here. We're going to a totally different subject, but I wanted to remember this before I, you know, have a senior moment and forget. The headline in this story was Louisiana school lunch lady accused of serving up alcohol, porn and sex during sleepovers. There you go. Could you imagine? Hey, mom, I need a ride to the school lady's house. How come? Well, three and four, three or four of my buddies who are, were collectively between the ages of 13 and 16, 15, we're going to have a sleepover at her house. Oh, okay, Sean. That's in an Australian accent because my mom's Australian. Okay, Sean, you have fun. How would that work? It wouldn't. It just wouldn't. Maybe things are different in Louisiana. I am not sure. But I had to read that because some of this stuff is so annoying that I read that you got to have a little levity in the situation. And then where was this lunch lady when I was 15? (laughs) You know, I mean, that is some crazy stuff. And then the parent in me is like, what what person at a school does that? Do they not know that they're going to get arrested and probably do some jail time? And now that's a that's a rough mark on your resume. Let's see, what happened at your last job? You had sleepovers with the kids from the school that you were working at and you gave them alcohol, let them watch porn, and then there were some other extenuating circumstances that we probably shouldn't even talk about here. How does that go on? I don't know. Kind of the same thing with one class of people being protected and another class of people just, ah, you you guys are on your own. Ah, just, you know, do whatever. How does any of this make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't. Where would you come up with the justification for serving up porn, alcohol, and maybe a little side of sex? 
to 13 to 15 year olds, mm, that judgment, there's no supporting evidence for that being a good idea at all. Not reasonable. That's not where you want the, the influence you want on your kids. However, you know, many 15 year old kids be like, ah, oh, you know, take me. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's just not reasonable. And this whole thing, the whole national eviction moratorium, this is going to be some crazy stuff. When this stuff starts to get lifted, because it's going to get lifted, you can't have this going on forever, right? I mean, you just can't. And it, you know, it's going on across the country. And, and there are stories, and you guys send me stories all the time of um, landlords that are, you know, they're kind of getting around things and other judges that are like, yeah, don't really agree with the CDC. Don't really agree with this. And they're handing out some you know, stuff that is in conflict with the CDC and the whole national eviction moratorium thing. But when you monkey with a free market like this, when you monkey with the school rules, you know, things tend not to end up quite so well. And I know we had good intentions here. But man, uh, 2020, what a crazy year, right? So as we keep going here, you're going to see some you're going to see some pretty crazy stuff go on where the national media is going to be shocked. They're going to be shocked at the number of evictions, I think, because I don't think there's any way to avoid that. There's going to be a certain percentage um that of people that are that were going to get booted that haven't been booted. You know, we have evictions all the time. It does just happen. Unfortunately, it just happens. People don't pay their rent. They've got a contract. They entered into a contract. They didn't honor their contract. Landlord takes them to court. You're out of here. It happens on the daily. But because we've had this moratorium for the last year, we haven't had these evictions. They haven't been legal. So you're going and, and, and during the pandemic, we've had homelessness, it's gone up, it hasn't gotten better, it's gone up. And especially here in Seattle and other cities where we encourage it almost tolerate it, um, for sure, but it's almost encouraged, hey, go to Seattle, they'll take care of you here. You know, here's a, here's a plane ticket. We read that story a while ago. Here's a plane ticket. Um, you know, you're in Texas, here's a plane ticket, go up to Seattle, there's a one-way plane ticket. Or hey, here's a bus ticket, go to Seattle, they'll take care of you, you can just do your own thing, do whatever you want. I mean, literally, do whatever you want. Tent, no tent, not a big deal. Go to LA Skid Row, although I wouldn't recommend that, you just get literally killed there. Um, not a good thing. And all of this stuff, all of this stuff is going to come to a head in like the third and fourth quarter of 2021, it's going to be a bloodbath. And I hate to, you know, be that guy with, oh, housing market's going to crash. But this stuff is inevitable. I mean, it's just not going to go away quietly. So all, the, all those evictions that would have happened each month over the last year, when these moratoriums get taken off, June, or do we get kicked out a little further than June? Maybe how many more months can you do that before people start really getting worked up? I, I know landlords right now that are like, are you effing kidding me? This is just, it's basically un-American. That's kind of my thought. You're, you're monkeying with the free economy, the free market. What are you doing? Protecting one class, other class? Ah, you guys are on your own. Figure it out. You'll work it out. You've got the money. You don't. You're the loser. You're the winner. 
that's effectively what we've got going on here. And yet, you know, some people are just like, ah, oh, this, it's okay. Uh, we're all right with this. I think it's just crazy that we're here in the beginning, you know, just that this is just going on in general. It's like, what? What are we doing? What? Why are we doing that? I mean, I kind of understand, but you know, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna really work out real well in the end. So what's going to happen? I think, I think you are going to have a whole bunch of evictions, the evictions that would have happened inevitably, one way or the other, you know, going back a year, that's going to start to trickle through. And then the uh, media is just going to glom on to 10,000 people evicted in the state of Washington over the last three weeks. All right, but that's because they weren't over the last year. That's the way I see it. That's what I see happening. And um, yeah, it's going to be a tough time. And people are going to lose their places. And then they're going to look around and they're going to realize there are less homes in the rental pool. There's no RVs. You guys send me stories all the time about the fact that there's a shortage of RVs. You know, we had all of the supply chains of all, you know, Boat manufacturers, car manufacturers, RV manufacturers, we've got this surge in demand right now. But during the Rona, everything shut down, right? All these manufacturing plants basically shut down for a while, which impacted the supply chain. So now you're you've got systems on go. And, um, you know, you, you can't get this stuff out there fast enough. Boats, you can't, you can't buy, you know, one that you can live on. Um, RVs, big problem, because that's another great way to, you know, live cheaply. And, and during the Rona, people have been like, all right, well, I can't travel. I've got some money because I didn't do the vacation thing this year. Let's buy a boat. Let's buy an RV. Let's buy a second home, vacation home. So you've got all of these factors that when all these folks get tossed, they're going to be like, oh, that option is not open. That option is not open. It's a fast track to homelessness. So I think, unfortunately, this is going to have a much greater impact when we're all said and done than it would have if we wouldn't have had these moratoriums in place and people just had to deal and figure it out and struggle through. Like a business owner that gets his business shut down had to struggle through. He's getting some money. Yeah. All right. Well, the state, you know, federal money, state money, do that. Same thing. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense in my mind. But then a lot of things in my mind make sense. And then I look in the media and I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense. This is, you know, serving up porn and uh, alcohol and sex uh, at a sleepover because you're the school lunch lady. That doesn't make sense either. But we all know that that is just wrong. I see a lot of these other issues and I'm like, ah, oh, that's wrong too. But nobody else seems to think that. So I guess that's why we talk about it here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Talk about stuff that I think is reasonable and things that should be happening that aren't happening. Other people have different opinions. They can go watch something on some other YouTube channel, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of where we're at. All right. So I'm recording this on March or no, not March, not March. No. May. May the 4th be with you. No, May 6th till yesterday. Cinco de Mayo. Hope you guys had a great Cinco de Mayo and you're recovering-ish. I don't really go out on those kind of holidays. It's like, that's amateur hour. I don't need any of that. Plus, um, going out during the middle of the work week, not a good look. Not a good look. What's wrong, Sean? Oh, oh not good. 
don't need that in my life. So hope you guys had fun. If you did go out, uh, I've got another couple of uh, podcasts that um, there's some there's some good stuff out there stuff happening in Portland. Holy cow. That's what I'm going to be talking about here soon. Okay, thanks so much for being here. Again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your reader of the news that you want to hear. Thanks again for being here. We'll catch up soon. Till then, stay safe. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.